0: I don't really want to touch on some of the things he was saying before, but just from verse 16, he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, or for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now apologies because we, the projector blew, so you're going to have to look at your Bibles today. I trust you brought your Bible to church. You know, it doesn't have to be a paper for it to be Bible. I've got many Bibles. These are carry loads of Bibles here. So uh, I know somebody said, if you don't bring a physical paper Bible, it's not a Bible. No, it's the Bible. If it's on a tablet, it's still the Bible. If it's on the phone. But the main thing is you have to access it and then read it. Um, amen. So uh, uh, you're going to have to follow the verses carefully. Now, these verses that I have read are seven key points or directives that Paul the Apostle gives to the Thessalonians. He gives it to the Thessalonians to encourage them uh, about their journey and about how they are supposed to behave. And I guess when you look at these directives, you find there's a wealth of truths that empowers you. If you walk in them, there's seven of them. If you walk in them, they will really help you to be constant and to be victorious in how you serve the Lord. I want to read it in the New Living Translation. And it says this, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all things or in all circumstances, For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. So there are seven directives, and they are commands. They are direct commands. In other words, these are not optional for you as a child of God. They are not optional. It's not something that you can say, I choose to do it today. I don't want to do it anymore. This is how we are supposed to live. But the second point is this. This was not given to an individual. This was given to a collective group. This is to the church. So as a corporate body, he is encouraging us with these different statements or these different commands. Now, the first three directives are bound together with the statement, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So he says... Uh, He says, rejoice always. Pray without season. In everything give thanks. And then he says, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In other words, pray always for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Sorry, rejoice always. I beg your pardon. Pray without season because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And in everything give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's how it actually is to read in the Greek text. So, what you're seeing here is that if you want to know what God's will is for you right now, you know, sometimes people say, I don't know what God's will is. Well, these three directives are God's will for you right now. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. And then the next two directives are bound together by verse 21. So, he says it like this. He says, Do not quench the Holy Spirit and do not despise prophecies. But test everything that is said. So that is, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test everything that is said. And hopefully next week I'm going to go into that more. Because at times, believers, we tend to test some things and other things we don't test. But test everything. Say to your neighbor, test everything. And then verse 22 is an overriding directive that really touches on everything. Or in other words, this is the point of it, that we have to abstain from every form of evil in whatever context we find ourselves in. So these directives are given to us so that we can live victoriously, so that we don't have to succumb to the enemy's temptation or to the temptation of the flesh or to the temptations of the world, the pull of the world. And if we live within that context, then we will find that we will continuously live in victory. So let's look at the first one. Rejoice always. Say to your neighbor, rejoice always. always. It's a choice. It's a choice we make. You know, at times, and please don't misunderstand me what I'm about to say, but at times we think that... um, certain things come to us and we have no power. I realize that you can have a medical condition and so forth. I'm not really touching on that, although I believe that God's power can help you even if you have a medical condition where you're prone to depression. I believe that God's power can help you. And I don't want to approach it glibly. I'm not trying to say to you that it's easy to deal with. I'm not saying that. But this is the directive. Rejoice always. What does that word rejoice mean? It means to be cheerful, to be Happy, but to be calmly happy or to be calmly satisfied. So it's not so much saying, walk around like this. Of course, it may involve that, but it means that in whatever context you find yourself, you are happy, you're content, you are delightsome in God and in walking with God. Now, let me tell you something about rejoicing it's not always easy to rejoice. How many of you know this? Rejoice always. So in every context, at all times, we are encouraged to be cheerful. How? In the Lord, in the things that please God. So it is not simply saying rejoice in sin or rejoice when people are sad because one directive says in Romans twelve fifteen, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. So if I'm in a funeral, I don't say, well, the scripture says rejoice always, so hey, it doesn't matter, they're dead, but hey, cheer up, Jesus on the throne. That is stupidity. That's not what he's saying. He's saying even though, you know, you'll be sad about something inside, when it comes to your position in Christ, you are happy and you are at peace and you're satisfied because you have God, you have Christ, and you're in his kingdom. Can you say Amen. So we are to, there are different ways in which the scripture tells us to rejoice. And I think as believers, we must understand the context is a kingdom context. So we are to rejoice in the Lord, say in the Lord. In that words, we are to be happy and glad that we are in Christ and that we serve Christ. Beloved, when you understand your faith within the context of eternity, you have a lot to be happy about. Philippians 4.4, 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. always. And again I say rejoice. So in other words, in whatever circumstance I find myself, I can choose to be happy, to be glad that I'm in the Lord. He says, we are to, another place in the scripture it tells us we are to rejoice and be glad. Psalm 32.11, be glad in the Lord and Rejoice you righteous, and shout for joy all you who are upright in heart. In other words, here, our rejoicing takes expression. So we are, we are calmly happy in the Lord and then we choose to be glad and loud about it and shout about it and express ourselves about it. Can you say amen? Whether you're British or whether you're not, you can be happy. Amen. And this ain't no cultural thing. This is a kingdom thing. You know, one thing I like about being British, one thing I like about being British is that, I don't know what your problem is, is that uh, we are really passionate people. As a black Ghanaian British person, we are really passionate. Amen. You see, you are looking at me very strange right now. I don't understand why. I'm I'm, I'm a Londoner, you know. I was born in South London, raised in South London, and Chibi, born in South London. So, um, but... At times, in church, we think that, oh, it's not British to be exuberant. But we can be exuberant on the, on the football pitch, in the rugby field. We're very exuberant. We're very loud. We're You know, rrr, rrr. but when it comes to church, oh, no. He said, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy. Shout for what? Joy. You know, as a church, we need to capture this. In our early days, we were very exuberant. In our early days, when we said, let's give the Lord a shout offering, it was, yeah! These days, let's give the Lord a shout offering. Yay! Give the Lord a clap offering. Clap, clap. Robert, remember? Clap. Good to see Robert Green. Old-timer. Bless you, man. God bless you. Yeah, remember, Robert. In the, in the old days, when we say shout for the Lord, when we say, Yeah! These days when you say shout to the Lord, you might get Steve going, hey, one, two. I, I, I have to do an exercise. I want to see, I want to see whether you can recapture some of the, the basic Christianity as a church. So, so you know, when, when we say shout, shout for the Lord, you know, I mean, yesterday my team was thrashed, so we won't even go there. But if my team had won, I'd be been really happy. But anyway, when we say let's shout for the Lord, I want to see what you will do. Are you willing to do some practicals today? All right, rise to your feet then. So now look at the scripture. He, sa- <laughs> he said, "Be glad in the Lord, you righteous." So uh, 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 if you're glad about something, you like you you know you kind of like express yourself. You are like, hey, yeah. So be glad in the Lord, you righteous. So so. Uh, uh, look at you. <laughs> Okay, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, 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 okay. Wait, this is really powerful. I didn't even, I didn't even get to the shout, babe. He said, wait, he said, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous. Now, one of the things about rejoicing, actually, in the Hebrew, sometimes it's like you're really expressive. So, I mean, I started going to the gym, so I might be a bit there. So, so re- rejoice in, he uh, said, be glad in the Lord. So, like, I'm really happy. And rejoice. You righteous. <laughs> yes. And then he said, and then shout for joy. All you upright. So then you sigh from here. It's yes! like that kind of, kind of thing. So you understand? Now I've got mic, so obviously I'm cheating a bit. So I, I want to see if you're New Testament now. So rejoice in the Lord, you righteous. And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So let's see it. Let's see it happen. Rejoice in the Lord, you righteous. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. All right, so no, you're, you're, not, you're not passing, you pass passed half, 50%. The rejoice in the Lord bit, you have to be kind of expressive, you know, you have to be, yeah, yeah, you have to. You know, you're doing, yeah, but you're still like, yeah, I'm frozen, yeah, no, no. <laughs> so rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and um, be glad in the Lord, sorry, you righteous, and rejoice and shout for joy. So why don't you do that? So it's rejoice. Is be glad, rejoice, and shout. So, read up. Let me let me let me read the scripture. Let me read the scripture. Be glad in the Lord, you righteous. Be glad and rejoice, you righteous. And shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Let's hear him. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Wonderful. I think you've passed that 100%. You may be saying, give yourselves a clap. Give yourselves a clap. Wow. That's how you give yourself a clap. Well, I'm glad that's for you. That's fine. But for the Lord, it has to be different. And then another thing about rejoicing is Psalm 33:11. He says, "Rejoice in the Lord, all you righteous, for praise for the upright is beautiful. So here he ties rejoicing with praise. Now, what is praise? Praise is when you are declaring something about someone. So when we praise God, we declare or we express what he is like. We say, like, God, you are good, you're great, you're nice, you're kind. So praise also involves declaring what somebody has done for you. So God, thank you, you know, I I praise you because you helped me, you strengthened me, you've encouraged me, you saved me, you loved me, you delivered me, or whatever else. You gave me some money. I needed money, and money normally gets us going. Money. (laughs) So here... Rejoicing is linked with praise. So when you're rejoicing, so what I'm trying to say is that not only will rejoicing involve you being expressive, not only will it um, cause you to be happy, not only will it cause you to shout, but it will also cause you to say good things about God, about what he has done for you or what he does or what he's like. Praise really is declaring what God is like, what God has done, and what God continues to do. Uh, So when we are praising him, we are really expressing our heart feelings about him. You understand? So that's what part of rejoicing involves. So when he says rejoice, always it can be where you're saying, you know, I'm I'm glad about you, Lord. I thank you for what you do. And and, and that will help you to feel happier in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Also, we are to rejoice before God. Before God. So not only do we do it to help us, but we're to do it. Before him. Psalm 68 verse 3 says this. But let the righteous. Now it's in contrast to the wicked. Um, if you read one and two. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. So here you are rejoicing so that he can see it. So that you're giving him audience. And it's important. I find with myself and in my context that at times when I choose to be glad in the Lord and when I choose to rejoice, that it's in moments of pain. If I hurt myself and I say, I give you praise, because I find when I do that, somehow it minimizes the pain. I also find sometimes it heals quickly as well, but it is not, it's is not—it's something I have to train myself in. So I'll do it before myself, Father, I give you praise, I honor you, thank you, oh, bless your name, oh, glory. Hallelujah. Now, nobody else will see it. They'll just see me kind of, doing that but in my head, because I'm not going to do it like in Sainsbury's in front of everybody. Say, oh, hallelujah. Oh, wow. Ooh, praise God. That just, just looks like you're mad, you know. um But anyway, maybe I should one day. So that's also we, we are to rejoice before God. And that's so important, because when you do things before him, it empowers him to empower you more. And then Psalm 97, 12 says this, rejoice in the Lord, you righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Now here, rejoicing is tied with thanksgiving. What is thanksgiving? It is showing your gratitude for what God has done for you or what he's going to do for you. Thanksgiving is just showing appreciation. So part of rejoicing involves expressing our appreciation to God for something he has done or something he is going to do or even for what he is like. Now, thanksgiving is very important because uh, even our Lord Jesus, when he ministered healing to um, the ten lepers, and one of them came and said thank you and gave him praise, he said, Where are the other nine? He expected all of them to come and give thanks. And God wants us to give thanks and to show our appreciation. And at times, when God blesses us, I believe, I, I, I don't have scripture for this, but I am convinced that some of the reasons why people lose their blessings is because. They don't appreciate their blessing. They don't appreciate So rejoicing involves expressing thanks to God. And then we are to rejoice with joy. It almost sounds um, like a, what's the word? It, it sounds like a, there's an English phrase for it. I don't know what the, who's the in, in, linguist here? It sounds like a what? What's that? Tautology, yeah, that's it. That's the one. See, tautology. <laughs> sounds... Anyway, whatever. It sounds like tautology, yeah. He says in Nehemiah 8.10, then he said to them, Nehemiah was um, speaking to them, no, not 8.10, sorry, 12.43, he said, also that day they offered great sacrifices and rejoiced for God had made them rejoice with great joy. God had made them rejoice with great joy. So sometimes God will do something for you or something will happen to you. Not only are you glad, but you are really happy. Now, let me tell you this. I want to encourage you. This is about rejoicing always. Learn to be really happy in God. You know, sometimes when we're really happy, we try and keep it up. (laughs) That's cool, you know. No, be really happy. Yeah, that's really amazing. Oh, God, I thank you. Are you still here? This is how you deal with the cobwebs. I'm telling you, this is how you deal with that spirit of depression. Many, many years ago, I had a mild form of depression that I suffered from. And one day, I wanted to have my pity party. And again, I'm not minimizing serious chronic cases of depression, so please, please don't misunderstand me. But I wanted my pity party. How many of you have had pity parties before? Not, they're really nice. They're really tasty. When you have a pity party by yourself, you know, nobody loves you, nobody cares about you. The church is full of hypocrites, nobody's, there's no love in the church anymore, what's happened to our church, my church was really nice, suddenly now everybody's different, even Pastor Joe, he's no longer the kind of man, you know, it's nice, pity party is nice, so here am I having my pity party about myself, how even Pastor Joe is not here anymore for me, you know, I'm, I'm Pastor Joe and then I'm not here anymore, so I'm, I'm, I'm just, it's just, just irrational, right, so I was about to have one of these lovely parties, I set the table already, All the, everything was there, I was about to enjoy the pie and then lost it. You cannot do this again. So midway, mid-flow. I didn't even start. Let me start. You can't do this again. Oh. So I was like, so you know what? In my frustration, I did <laughs> this. Ah! And, and then ripped my clothes. I ripped my clothes. <laughs> I, I remember it. But from that day till today, I haven't been allowed pity pies. That was in the early 80s. It set me free. When he said it and I said yes to it, after ripping my clothes, it set me free. But what I'm saying is that you have to allow yourself to express what God is doing. And rejoicing helps you to do that. Let me tell you something. If you learn to rejoice always, this key alone, loads of things will drop off. Sometimes when you're feeling tempted, Choose to rejoice in God. Why? Look at what he says in Nehemiah 8.10. He says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Now, the context was this. He said to them, go your way, eat the fat. Drink. It's not very health conscious. (laughs) Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. Oh, this is really nice. And send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. It's a holy day. Wow, you think eat the fat. Next time someone says, too much fat in the food, this is a holy day. Eat the fat. Drink the sweet. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. Don't be sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, one of the ways you grow in strength spiritually is by expressing joy. Yeah, by expressing the joy of the Lord. Now, it means this you are glad about the Lord. You're glad about the Lord. Are you listening? Not even your church. You're glad about the Lord. Definitely not your pastor. You're glad about the Lord. Yes. Say to your neighbor, "You're glad about the Lord." And who is he? Jesus. It's so important. First Peter five eight, one eight. Sorry, First Peter one eight. He says this concerning our Lord, whom, having not seen you love, though now you do not see him yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Beloved, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit, he comes with joy inexpressible. But you have to allow it to express itself. At times, in, in, especially in my earlier days, not so much of late, and I, I needed a fresh dose, when I'd experience the, fresh, um, the baptism of the Spirit, I would have this sense of ecstasy. And you would be like, "It was I would be so happy inside. Oh, the, It's like that, literally, because I was so happy, full of joy. And then I read this scripture. I said, okay, that's what it is. Joy, unspeakable, full of glory. That is your portion. That is part of your journey. And that is part of your strength. So the first key, rejoice always. Second key, pray without ceasing. This is how we walk in continuous victory. We rejoice always. Why? Because it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. Second key, pray without ceasing. Always keep praying. Don't stop praying. Why? Because persistence in prayer produces powerful results. Persistence in prayer produces powerful results. We know, I mean, we've taught extensively on this, and I'd encourage you to look at some of the teachings, but we know about Elijah in James chapter 5 verses 16 to 18 where the Apostle James references this Old Testament character for us to know the power of persistence in prayer. James five sixteen to 18, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And the the Amplified Version says the continuous heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its effect. So he's saying, he's saying to us, confess your trespasses to each other and pray for one another. Now, you have to understand what he's actually saying. In other words, keep praying for one another until there's a breakthrough. That's what he's actually saying. So beloved, sometimes you have something going on in your life and your brother or your sister is praying for you and you may not see an immediate shift. But don't stop praying. This is why I'm so grateful that as a church, for the last three weeks, I have not deliberately not been involved in the, um, the, the prayer chain. But it has been going on. It has been going on. It has been going on. And this is so important. This is so powerful. That as a church, we continue To keep praying. Now remember, this was to the Thessalonian church. It was a whole company of people. And he's saying to them, pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. You may not see the results of your prayer initially, but keep praying. We may not see it initially, but the revival is coming. I said the revival is coming. I know the revival is coming. It may take one year, it may take two years, it may take three years. I don't know how long it will take, but I know it's coming. Can you say Amen. He said in in verse 17, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Now we know from the Old Testament context that Elijah's prayer the second time was not a microwave prayer. He didn't just say, Lord bring rain, amen. He prayed the whole day and I believe each session of prayer was at least one hour. And after each session of prayer, he would ask Gehazi to go and check. And what was there? Nothing was there. Not Gehazi, a man. Sorry, one of his servants. Go and check and nothing was there. Nothing was there. And he did it for the whole day. The point that James is saying to us is this. Sometimes when it comes to certain issues in your life or when you're praying for others, you have to keep praying like Elijah did. Keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. Say to your neighbor, keep at it. Say it to your neighbor, keep at it. Say it to your neighbor, keep at it. Say it to somebody else, keep at it. Why? Because prayer makes tremendous spiritual power available. If you keep praying, if you keep praying. And this is what James the Apostle was referring to. Also, pray without ceasing or never stop praying because our Lord has taught us the importance of persistence in prayer. Now, if anybody knew about prayer, it's our Lord Jesus. But you know he's the one who taught the most about persistence in prayer? More than anybody in the Bible. That's interesting. Jesus never taught, once you pray once, that's the end. Luke chapter uh, 18 verses 1 to 8, he gives the parable of a widow and the unjust judge. He said, he spoke a parable to them to the effect that man should always pray and not faint saying there was a widow, there was a a certain judge in a city who did not fear God nor regard man, and there was a widow in that city who came to him saying, avenge me or give me justice from my adversary. And the judge would not for a while. But afterward, the judge said to himself, even though I don't fear God and I don't regard man yet, because this widow keeps troubling me, I will give her justice. Otherwise, she's going to wear me out. And then the Lord said, listen, or hear what the unjust judge is saying. And he said, and shall not God avenge his own elect? God will avenge you. Who cried to him, look at the context, who cries to him day and night. Day and night, day and night, day and night. And this is what we are beginning to do as a church. He said, though he bears long with them. And that was, even though it may look like God is not answering your prayers, he will avenge them speedily. In other words, when the breakthrough comes. It comes suddenly and it comes powerfully. And it's overwhelming. And then he asks the question, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, I'm going to give a teaching one day about the coming of the Lord. It's not just about his second coming. It's about his visitations. I touched on it uh, earlier part of this um, in August. It's about when Jesus decides to come. To give you the answer. Will you be ready with your faith to receive it? May you receive it in Jesus' name. And then also in Luke 11, 1 to 13, he teaches extensively about prayer and about persistence in prayer. He, 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 Sorry, from verse 5 to 11, I beg your pardon. He talks about the persistent friend who goes, in fact, let me read it out. He said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to say before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give to you. Verse 8, I say to you, though he will not rise to give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, say persistence, yet because of his persistence, He will rise and give him as many as he needs. And then verse 9. So I say, our Lord says, I say to you, ask. And the Greek tense is, and I don't even know why they didn't translate it this way. Ask and keep on asking. And it will be given to you. Seek and keep on seeking. And you will find. Knock and keep on knocking. And the door will be opened to you. So what is the point I'm trying to make? When he says pray without ceasing, he's not saying always pray 24-7. Um, and don't sleep, just you're always praying, Jesus, oh Lord. It's not, he's not saying, he's saying that don't give up concerning the thing you are praying about. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying. This is how we live in continuous victory. This is how we grow in grace. There were things when I started walking with the Lord that I thought would never go from my life, which I, I can't even remember them now. They are like a distant memory. But at the time, they seemed strong. But kept asking God for grace. Lord, I want to be free. Set me free. I don't want this in my life. I don't want this in my life. And I prayed for years. And then one day, it went. Never came back. We even look for it and it's not there anymore. Yeah. But that's how it is. So pray without ceasing. Can you say amen? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And the last one we'll touch on today, third point, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. New Living Translation says, be thankful in all circumstances. In everything, give thanks. Why? Because, again, it is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So, for the good things that happen, give thanks. And for the bad things that happen, give thanks. Romans eight twenty eight. and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. He says, and we know, this is a reality, Romans 8:28. we know that all things work together for good. To those who love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose, beloved, that's you. That is your heritage, because you love Him. You've been called by Him. He has chosen you. Everything that happens to you is orchestrating for His purpose, and it is for your good. So you can give thanks. Psalm ninety-two one says, "It is a good. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, and to sing praises to Your name, O Most High." It is good to give thanks. Look at your circumstance and learn to give thanks. Learn to give thanks when you fail. Learn to give thanks when things go wrong. Learn to give thanks when things are hard. But also learn to give thanks when things are great. Sometimes, sometimes we give thanks when things are bad and then when things are good we forget. And that's why he says, and you shall remember the Lord your God. For it is he who gives you the ability to create wealth. You have to remember God in good and bad. In everything give thanks. Hebrews 13, 14, and 15 says this, For here, we do not have, we have no continuing city, but we seek the one to come. 15, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Wow. What I want you to see is the context. Here, we have no continuing city but we seek the one to come. In other words, thanksgiving only makes sense when you have an eternal perspective. When you have an eternal perspective, when you realize that you're in a different kingdom, the rules are different for you compared to the rest of the world. And therefore, you don't measure your success or your failure from a worldly perspective. We don't have a continuing city here. We're not here trying to make a name for ourselves here. No, we want to be great in the sight of God, not in the sight of men. Really, that is what we want to aim for. We don't want our ministry to do well here and it has no significance in the age to come or before the the angels of God or in, in, in the presence of God. No, we want it to have value in the age to come. Here we have no continuing city. We don't. We're looking for the other. So, because of that, we offer to him, the sacrifices of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, which is expressed through thanksgiving. So, beloved, when you are doing that, when you are giving thanks to God, one person said thanksgiving is like the signature of the signature of that which belongs to you. In other words, when you receive a parcel, you have to sign off for it. Thanksgiving is like the signature signing off for what God has already promised you. When you give thanks to God, you're showing your confidence in God. When you learn to give thanks in whatever context you find yourself, you are showing your level of faith. It's so easy to say thank you when you're blessed with something nice. So it's so easy, you know. You know, when it's your wedding day, I did weddings, and I'm going to do another one on Saturday. There's a lot of weddings these days. Yours is coming in Jesus' name if you, if you want one. Me, I've had one. I don't want any more. Um, it's so easy, you know, on the wedding day, oh, I just want to thank, I, wanna, I, wanna, I even thank my enemies, I, I thank everyone. I mean, it's very really good. <laughs> when things are well, things are rosy, I really want to thank you, oh God. Thank, no, mama, I love you, mama. When when's everything's going nice. But when things are not going so nice, it's not very nice to thank people. It's not very easy to thank people. You know, why did you even marry me? You look all the problems you caused me. I never knew you had this bill. How come you didn't tell us this in the council session? You think I would have married you if I knew you had this bill? <laughs> Thank God for the bill. Hallelujah. It will help you. Thank God. You married there. Thank God. Amen. Hey. Thanksgiving is so important because it gives you proper perspective. So we're going to pause there. We'll continue next week. But these are three keys of the seven about how to live in continuous victory. The first key is what? What's the first key? Check your notes. What's the first key? Rejoice always. What's the second key? Pray without stopping. Pray without giving up. Don't quit. And what's the third key? In everything, give thanks. So we're going to do one of those three. Why don't we rise to our feet? I want you right now to either rejoice or to pray or to give thanks, depending on your context. Amen? Amen. Can you say amen, somebody? So why don't you lift your hands to the Lord and begin to thank him? Or why don't you lift your heart to the Lord and begin to pray? Or why don't you simply start rejoicing in the Lord? eh? Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. We thank you. In fact, you know what? Let's just begin to thank the Lord. Let's thank him together for his word. Let's bless him. Let's give him the praise. Let's rejoice before him. So why don't you start doing that now? Open your mouth, open your heart. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for answering us. Thank you for blessing us. I want you to offer a shout offering to God. Offer a shout offering. Offer a shout offering. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to him. I want to pray and bless you. If I hand over to Angela. Father, thank you so much for this house and what you're doing in our lives. Thank you that you strengthen us, you invigorate us, you empower us, and you are with us. Lord, regardless of what we are facing, we know that we are serving you, the living God, and that everything is working together for our good. Lord, when we are weak, when we feel down, we know we can still give thanks. When things are not going so well for us, we know we can still give thanks. Lord, I pray for these precious ones. Will you strengthen them? In their inner being, Lord, that they will grow more in grace in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may take your seats, Angela.
1: Praise God. What an awesome word. Hallelujah. (laughs) Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Okay, so as you know, we're kind of stepping back in time a bit. We've got no technology today, so uh, we need to use our, your iPad or somewhere that you can use to record this information. You can pick up one of these if you don't use the internet. So if you don't get the updates through, um, through your phone, then you can take one of these and the ushers can give you one of these. We're going to take our offering right now. So if you need an envelope... The ushers will give you an envelope, so just if you can just raise your hand and let them know if you need an envelope. Also, the ushers are going to collect the cards from those lovely guests who uh, from Australia, New Zealand, France, somewhere, Cape, Holland, near France, and all those other places. Uh, so, if you, uh, uh, if you ushers, if you can remember to take the cards, and um, if you need an envelope, just keep your hand up. They'll give you a pen as well if you need a pen. You can also give online. So if you want to also give online, you can, you can um, make a donation online. You can also donate on your phone, which is amazing technology. So if you go to the website, you can just, yeah, there's a link and you can just donate from your phone as well. So, if you want to do that, you can do that. And as you know, some people give by direct debit or standing order. I just want to encourage you to give regularly if you can, and if you can gift aid. The government, I was at the meeting where the government talked about the tax man came to the churches and he talked about the fact that the government had decided to give the church money. Silence in the house. I don't think they even realized what they were saying. But basically, when you give regularly, if you, if you have a regular income, when you give to the church, when you give your offering to church and you gift aid that, the government give tw- 20p in every pound back to the church from government. They give it back. So I want to encourage you. That's, a, that's been a long-standing prayer in the church that God would make, do a breakthrough. So God's given us a breakthrough so, you need to do, sign up for that. So, if you need a job, can you stand? And we're going to pray for you. Uh, have we had the offering baskets go round? If you need a job, have the offering baskets gone round? No? Can we pass offering baskets round? And we're going to pray for those who are standing. Father, we want to pray for those people who need a job. Father, we thank you, God, that you are provider. We thank you for all the testimonies that we've had, Lord, from people who have been given jobs, Father, through that provision. So we want to give you thanks for that. We thank you for this offering now. We thank you, Lord, that we give our best to you. We thank you for your provision and how, Lord, we want you to use this money to further the kingdom of God. So, Lord, bless Everything that goes into those baskets, bless those who give online. Bless, Father, those who are giving, Father, from their homes right now. Lord, we give this offering back to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I think the baskets are still going around, but I'm just going to, as you, because we haven't got the announcements up here, I just want to announce a few things. Exceptional Women are next Saturday. If you haven't registered already, there's a table outside and you can register us. That's for women only. Lunch is provided. After church today, there's the New Believers course, which is in the side room, not the common room. So I think on the announcement sheet, it says the bulletin board, it says the common room, but it's actually in the side room, and that's the New Believers course, which is after church. Uh, Also, next Sunday, we have something really exciting called the Marketplace. Just look at somebody next to you and say the Marketplace. Put your hand up if you are already serving in church in some way, if you are already signed up. So as you can see, the percentage of people already serving is very small. We want to see an increase in our serving, don't we? Yes? So look at somebody and say, next week, what are you going to sign up for? What are you going to sign up for next week? Yeah? Okay. This is a real question. Do you know what we're believing? We want to believe God that next week we are going to have a 100% increase in sign-up of people serving. So after service, can I just uh, have your attention? So after church next Sunday, there are going to be all the teams around the edge of this room. And you can go to those teams and find out what they do. And just get some more information. So what I'd like you to do between this Sunday and next Sunday, pray and ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to serve? When we serve, we're blessed. God has invested in us. My mum made me have guitar lessons when I was a child, and I was very angry about it until I got saved and I realised why. So God has invested in us without us even knowing why, so that we can serve the church. You have been called to serve and see the kingdom built. So next Sunday, go and find out and sign up for some of those things. And let's have more people serving in church. Praise God. Yes. Amen. The other thing to tell you about if you're single, hallelujah, shout hallelujah. Rejoice. Give thanks. Being single is wonderful. Uh it is wonderful. I loved it. Anyway, so uh, on the 17th of September, there is a singles event. I know lots of people were saying, oh, I'm not going to that. Like, we all know you're single, so what's the thing about it? Does not make sense? I d- I didn't understand it. People, oh, yeah, I'm not going, I'm not going. But you're single. Why are you trying to pretend we know you're single? There's nothing wrong with going to the singles event go to the singles event. Last time there was amazing teaching. So I would encourage you to go to that. That's um, Sun. That's on the 17th as well. Uh, and I believe that is all the announcements. Praise God. Anything else? You can grab one of these. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Angela. All right. Why don't we rise our feet? We're going to close. Um Remember, we have online prayer. Say prayer, prayer, prayer. So uh, from 5 to 6 a.m., from 12.30 to 1 p.m., and also from 9 to 10 p.m. You can log in. If you go on our website, it shows you how.